iPhones and all the other phones too because people think I'm biased, but whatever other phone you have, <laughs> you can get it out if you have your Bible app on it. <laughs> Amen. And if you want to look at the screen, um, Brother um, brother Hodges, the, 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 uh, the pastor that's coming Friday and Saturday, his name is um, Brother Hodges, um, Art Hodges. Um, he asked me um, if we have um, projector, Brother Scarlett, so I'm going to need a lot of help Friday, Brother Tom. Uh, I'm not sure what you look like, Brother Henry, making sure we write and tight and set up um, Friday like this and uh, make sure we're good, plugged in with um, that stuff. I'm sure he's going to do PowerPoint presentation because dude is smooth like that. So um, if you all can help me and whoever else is available to help me Friday evening, let's try to get here probably about... Um, five o'clock and get set and make sure we're good. Amen. Stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. The Lord directed me clearly, clearly to these passages of scriptures. I just Thought I was going to preach something else. And Friday evening, Friday night, when I came back in the house, the Lord just started talking to me regarding these things here, showing me some things that he wants us to understand. And so Jeremiah chapter 18, we're going to begin in verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 18. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 reads, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. Somebody say the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Now, I don't know if that messes with you, but that messes with me. Like, why you couldn't just tell me where I am, Lord? Mm. Why didn't you just talk to Jeremiah right where Jeremiah was? Why did he want to send Jeremiah down to the potter's house? That's just like us always want to know why God can't do it this way. No, God knows what he's doing. Let him do it the way he wants to do it. Then I went down to the potter's house. Jeremiah listened. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand of the potter. It was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Question. Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house, O Christ-centered church. Oh, Christ-centered church. As the potter, the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Great and mighty God. Oh, God, that your glory will consume us today, Lord. Lord, we are not seeking your glory, but we want your glory to overshadow us. God, we want your glory to fill this place. We want your glory, almighty God, to consume us. 
today, Lord God, I pray your spirit, Lord God, will move in our midst and that hearts, oh God, will respond to the preaching of the word of the Lord. I pray today that there will be an outbreak that will take place, Lord God, in our midst that blind eyes will see and deaf ears will unstop and, oh God, wounds will be whole and hearts will be mended, those broken hearts. And God, we will leave this place today changed because you're molding and making us, because you're shaping us into the vessel that you choose. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today I want to preach to you on this topic, the power to become. The power to become. I want you to think about that and, and, and let it permeate in your heart. The power to become. To become what? I didn't say what. I only said the power to become. So I want you to think about that. That, that, that we're going to talk today a little bit about that. The power to become. And, and you don't have the answer of what you are supposed to become. But you have the power to become. Whatever God wants you to become, you have the power to become. And so God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house. Hmm. Listen to what I have to tell you today. There's many things I want to say today. By God's command, Jeremiah is to go and see the potter's treatment of the clay. And to receive God's interpretation of what he's saying. Here, he has set before his eyes that which suggests a comparison of man being clay and God being the potter. And so when you read in Jeremiah, when God says, go down to the potter's house and and watch what the potter is doing, God was trying to teach Jeremiah something. He was giving him the correct interpretation of what he wanted to say. And so when he went down there and Jeremiah said it, what God is in essence saying, Jeremiah, as that potter was working on that clay, I want you to get the understanding that man, human, is like clay and the potter is the almighty God. So he wanted to make that distinct to say, that's what you're observing. Whenever God tells us something, he will show it to us. Whenever God tells us something, I got Bible, you should know I'm in the Bible. Whenever God tells us something, to make sure we understand it and to make sure we're clear, he will show it to us. Vice versa, when he show us something and he's talking to us, when he's trying to get us to understand something, he will show it to us and we may not get it. Then he'll trip in or kick in with his voice and begin to explain it. God don't want you confused. If you're confused, it's because you are. But God will not confuse you. If he shows you something, he's going to explain it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got the Bible. That's what happened with Jeremiah. He told Jeremiah, before I explain this to you, I need to show you something. Let me show it to you. 
And I don't know about you, I've had many experiences with God when he showed me things and I'm like, okay, okay. And he showed it to me, then I got it. I've been telling you for a good while now that what God does is he show us things in the natural so we can get the understanding before he takes us in the spiritual. A lot of us want to go in the spiritual before we understand the natural, but God will not work that way. He will give you the natural so you can understand it with your physical sight. Then he will take you to the spiritual. You want to know what God is saying to you. Look around you. Pay attention to what's going on and God will show you things in the natural. And as you begin to pay attention, then he will speak to you because that's now spiritual. God is trying to speak to us, but he will show and speak. He will speak and show. He will not do one without the other. Why? He don't want you to be confused. He wants you to know exactly what he's trying to tell you so you will understand it. He doesn't want you to be confused. Which brings me to another point. If we're going to be good leaders in this hour, if we're going to be good teachers, we have to do it like Jesus. Show and tell. Tell and show. Yes. I can't tell you to do something that I don't know how to do. How do I know how to do it? Because I did it. So if I'm going to be a leader to you, I must be leading you into something that I've already done or I'm, I'm doing. But to try to lead you into something that I've never done, I will never accomplish that. Remember I told you some time back, whatever God is asking you to do, he has done it already. I don't think you, you all get that. God? Sure. Whatever God is asking you to do, he's already done it, and that's why he can ask you that. Yes. Now, you want to think about that for a second? Think about it for a second. Whatever God is asking you to do, he's already done it. That's why he's qualified to tell you, I need you to do this. That's why he's qualified to teach you. That's why he's qualified to be your God, because what he's telling you to do, he's already done it. Now, that's heavy because now we don't have the right to battle with him and to challenge him and to give him a hard time because he's going to say, I did it already. What are you trying to tell me? You know how we like to say, well, how you know? Because I did it already. And so God took Jeremiah down and said, go down to the potter's house. I want you to watch the potter. I want you to understand what he's doing and then... I will explain to you what I want done. And so this is what's called revelation or illumination. I want a revelation, Lord. I want a revelation, Lord. And you're looking, probably thinking it's coming spiritual. And God said, no, no, no. Let me show you in the natural how it works. And he shows you something naturally. And then when you understand it naturally, then he can show you the spiritual things. You know, we've, we've heard that statement back in the day. You're so spiritual that you're no, you're, 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 you're so um, heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. You ever heard that? You're so, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. That's those people that says God is good and everything they tell you is God and, and they just, they're worth nothing in, in just regular, normal, everyday life. 
Well, there's something to that. Because if you can't understand what's going on down here and understand normal everyday life, it's going to be hard for you to get spiritual. And people don't even understand that. They think, oh, as long as I'm in the spirit and the spirit of God is working in me and telling me I'm good. No, you're here in the earth. And because you're here in the earth, you need to understand the thing that's going on around you because God is speaking to us. Oh, my God. The Bible says God speak to us through his creative power. So how did Adam knew everything that was going on around him? Let's go there. How, how did he know all the things that was happening when he just was created and just all of a sudden appeared? God created him, and now he's walking around. He sees trees and oceans and grass and, and food coming off the, 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 the fruit coming off the tree. How, how did he understand all this? That was God helping him to understand things. And so if we don't begin to understand what's going on around us, we're going to lose what God is trying to teach us. It's not just let me go to church and think about spiritual things. You have to pay attention to what's going on around you so you can understand the spiritual. Because God, once you pay attention, God will then show you the spiritual. Now I know it's not coincidence why I'm always looking around and checking everything out. Because God is speaking to us when we do that. God is speaking to us when we're just checking things out and paying attention. You might not know what it is, but God will cause you now to zero in on something. And now you begin to study something that's natural. And you're wondering, why am I so caught up in this? Because God is going to teach you the spiritual side of it if you pay attention long enough. God has given us revelation and illumination. He, He did that for Jeremiah. Showed Jeremiah that we are as clay And God is like the potter. And if you will look in Job chapter 10, verse 9, you don't have to go there. It talks about that. Job understood that. You go to Job 33 and 6. Job understood that, that we are like clay in the hand of God. Hmm. The power to become. When observing a potter working with his wheel. One may think the power is in the wheel. One may think the power is in the movement of the potter's foot when he's hitting the the, the treadle of the wheel so the wheel can spin. One may think the power is in the hand of the potter. So here is the potter and his wheel. And so the wheel have a round uh, wheel on the top, and then he have a, a lever that's, that's down bottom. When he presses it, the wheel spins, and the clay is on top of it, and then he begins to move. So everyone might think, okay, if he moves real good with his foot, okay, that will make things be good. If he just do everything right with his hand, that will make everything good. So when we think about the clay, we always think about, really, the power is either in the wheel or the power is with the potter. Yes. But real careful examination observing what the potter is doing will let you see that the power really was in the clay. You telling me that mud had the power? Yes, I'm telling you the mud had the power. The power was in the mud, not in the wheel, not in the potter's hand. The power was in 
Claire, Sister Phillips, Preacher Sister Phillips, it's me and you, Sister Phillips, we're going to talk about this today. Just me and you. If the other people want to listen in, let them listen. It is in the clay that you find yielding. All right. Let me, let me. It's in the clay where you find the power to become. I'm, I'm going somewhere. We understand that the potter is the one responsible for making the vessel. But without the clay yielding to the potter, it cannot, the potter cannot make anything he wants. Yes, the potter is the one working the wheel. Yes, the potter is the one making the vessel. But if the clay is not consistent, if the clay is not good, if the clay is not right, then no vessel can be molded. So at the end of the day, where does the power lies? Hmm. Remember, we started by saying the potter is like the almighty God and the clay is us. And I'm telling you, the power is in the clay. Because to become anything, the clay has to cooperate. Now, am I telling you that God is not responsible for creating the No, I'm not telling you that because he's the one that creates everything. But without you yielding, he can't create. What kind of relationship is that? God is heavy. He has forged a relationship with us where he needs us. He, he, he cannot really uh, accomplish what he wants in this world without us. He wasn't afraid to create some people that will have great intellect, that can have relationship and communion with him, so intelligent that they're like him. He wasn't afraid to take the chance on them to say, hey, I'm going to create somebody like me because I want you to be like me so you can help me with what I'm doing because it is my will. He wasn't afraid to do that. He did it. And when he did it, he allowed us the right to choose. Man, God. People cannot get saved without us. God's word cannot be preached without us. Hmm. He, 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 he chose us to help him with the great plan of salvation for us to be a part of his family. Nothing can get done that God wants without us. You're that important to him. You're not just, oh, sometimes we think that who are we? You know, we're just nothing and nobodies and, and, and so it doesn't really matter because God's going to do what he wants to do anyway. But we need to take a step back and say, whoa, wait a minute. Is that really true? If I was a nothing, nobody and insignificant, why did he, why, why did he bother making me? I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I can do nothing. Hey, hey, I can't help God with anything. Well, if that's true, why did he create you? 
If that's true, why did he go through the trouble of making you if that's true? It must not be true. You must be valuable. You must be somebody important for God to go through the trouble in creating you. You're special. There's nobody like you. And so the clay got to yield. The most skillful potter cannot do anything with the clay that refuses to be molded. The power to become and the power to resist is in the clay. You have the power to become or the power to resist to say, I don't want to become nothing. He took that chance. He did that just for you. Say, I'm giving you the power to decide if you want to become or you'll just resist and be nothing. I gave you the power for that. God started out as the very first potter in the Garden of Eden. God knows about the pottery business. He was the first potter. When he took the dirt, the dust of the ground, and molded and made Adam and breathed into his nostril and Adam became a living soul, God showed us he was the first potter that ever lived. As Jeremiah watched the potter put the clay on the wheel and began to mold it into some type of vessel, he realizes that whenever the vessel became marred, the potter collapsed the clay and started all over again. The potter was willing, but the power to become was in whether or not the clay would yield to the potter. Potter making whatever vessel he wants. And because the clay is inconsistent and things is wrong in the clay, the clay just falls apart. Boom. When the vessel became marred, it is not the fault of the wheel. It is not the fault of the potter. We can't blame the wheel and we can't blame the potter. Me or you can't blame what we're not on other people. Me or you can't blame other people for what's not going good in our life. Me or you can't blame people because we're struggling and we're facing some challenging situation. Because at the end of the day, all we have to do is be clay and yield to the potter and everything will be all right. It's all up to us. We're the clay. He is the potter. He is attempting to make us into a beautiful vessel that he can use, but we have to yield to him for him to do so. The potter, as we said, is highly skilled and knows what he's doing. The issue is not the potter. The issue is the clay. As I was studying the word of God and I'm going through that, he just gave me another thought. And the scripture in Matthew 26, 41 says, dot, dot, dot. The spirit indeed is willing, 
but the flesh is weak. I said, I got it now, Jesus. You're telling me that you are always willing to work with us. You're always willing to continue to work. You're always willing to help us and to mold us. But we, as clay, are weak, and we get broken off, and we get inconsistent, and we fall apart. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I said, I got it now, Jesus. Now, if you go back and look at the text, it was talking about the disciples falling asleep when Jesus asked them to pray. But he gave me a different way to see it. Because no matter what, when we say spirit, we're talking about God. We're talking about God is always willing. So even if you want to say, okay, it's not God willing, it's what's in you. Listen, what's in you is what God put in you. And so what God is and what God has in you is always willing to work with you. But your flesh, your, your, your physicality is what gets weak and weary and gets in the way. And God can't do anything with a weak flesh. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. The clay is always the issue. It's never the potter. God has a perfect pattern for our lives. God has a perfect pattern. He has a pattern for your life, and he's going to make sure that pattern is made so you can become that perfect vessel. The power to become is very limited by what we allow him to do with us. If we don't yield ourselves to God, we will accomplish very little. Because it's not what we can do, but it's what he can do through us. This morning we were talking in Sunday school, and I said, make no mistake about it, that when someone responds to something you said about God, it had nothing to do with you. It had to do with where, where they are and what the Spirit of God and the Word of God has caused to happen in their life. God just used you as the vessel to say what you said. But it's not because you're holy. It's not because you are righteous. It's not because you are closer to God than anybody else. It just means that person's heart was ready to respond to what God wanted to do. And so... God wants to make us into this perfect vessel, a design for what he wants us to become. So he puts us on the wheel and he begins the process of molding and shaping us into the vessel which is his image. He will never make a vessel that is not made in his image. Ladies, in his image. Whatever vessel God plans to make out of you is going to be done in his image. When we do not cooperate with the potter, the potter becomes very limited by what we will allow him to do with us. However, our loving and our kind and our merciful God don't just give up on us and throw us away. So he puts you on the wheel and he begins to make you and you just fall apart. I don't know if you ever watched a pot. Sometimes the clay just falls apart. And so you just fall apart on the wheel. Man, thank God he just don't throw us away. 
Thank God he just don't say, done with you, let's move to the next piece of clay. Man, if God did that with us, we'll all be in trouble, right? I don't know about you, because I, I fell apart on the wheel many a times. You know, got a groove going, and the, 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 the potter doing his thing, and he, and going, before you know it, I go, mud again. Man, he's a loving God. He's a kind God. He, he just don't throw us away. He says, I will make you over again. Though you didn't come to the form I wanted you, I'm going to collapse you and put you back on the wheel and I'm going to make you over again. The potter never picks up where he left off from. I love this. Here is what life big struggle is for us, Brother Darrell. The potter, he's on the wheel, he's doing his thing. And we fall apart. But we had to get to a certain place while he was making us before we fell apart. We didn't just fall apart right away. He started getting this thing going. All of a sudden, we fall apart. What we would like is for him to say, all right, all right, all right, all right. When you ready again, I will pick back up where I left off from. He never does that. He collapses you and starts you over again. And so what happens with us as Christians is we begin to get frustrated, Sister Scarlett. We, we, we begin to be challenged and wondering, is it worth living for God? Is it worth keep coming to church? Is it worth serving God? Because I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm not being used the way I should. I feel like I can't do what I'm supposed to. I feel like I'm just worthless. Why are you feeling like that? Because as God gets you going and he's making you and he's making you, you fell apart. And you wanted him to pick up where you fell apart and keep going. But he says, no, if I'm going to make a perfect vessel, i got to start it all over again. And so you got to start from where you started from. And that's frustrating. But the answer to that is stay on the wheel and don't fall apart. Stay on the wheel and let the potter do what he wants. And you won't have to worry about starting all over again. Yes, we want the potter to say, all right, I got halfway through. You tired? You don't want to go no more right now? All right, all right, all right, all right. Stay right there. You never walked in the potter's house and see a half-made vessel. You never walk in the potter's house and see something. No, either it's dried and all just destroyed into small pieces where you can't recognize the vessel or it's a nice vessel standing or it's mud. But you will never walk in the potter's house and see a half-made vessel. I've been saying for the longest, you can't be half-pregnant. God will not have a half-made vessel. Either you're going to be the vessel fully made and completed or nothing. But God won't have a half-made vessel. And so God, when we mess up, when we don't stay true to it, when we fall apart, he says, no problem. I will just collapse you and make you over again. Ooh, here, 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 here is Revelation. God is slick and he's good and he's smart and he's the best. You know what he's counting on? He's counting on us one day just saying, I'm tired. I'm tired of this process. 
let me just stay on the wheel. I'm tired of this process of starting over. Start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. Today I'm good. Next week I'm not. Sooner or later he's hoping we said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Sooner or later. He's hoping that we said, I'm tired of it. And when we say we're tired of it, then we stay still. And let the potter do what he wants to do with us. So you don't have to frustrate yourself anymore about collapsing you and starting over again. I want God to finish what he started in me. I want him to keep going and for me not to just mess up all the time and got to start over. Because all I'm doing is frustrating myself. And so God is trying to help us. He starts over and say, let's do it again. What's the difference between a mud and a vase or mud and a vase? What's the difference? The clay. Depending on how nice the clay was, depending on how much the clay cooperated and yield is going to depend how nice the vessel is. Yes, yes, yes. And then we get jealous of each other when the other person was more obedient and more yielding and more faithful to God and they became a nice vessel and now everybody talk about that person. They talk about that nice vessel. Why that vessel thing is better than me? It is better than you. Now, not literally because God don't make any one of us better than any one of us, but depending on how we yield to God is how we're going to be made, what we can do. Yeah, that's heavy. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Scripture says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessel. God calls us earthen vessel, earthly vessel. Why? Because we're mud. We're dirt. I do the dot, dot, dot. As you guys are reading, dot, dot, dot. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel. So it's in the middle of the text. You're going to see the part I'm reading, right? Or in the beginning. And so, but we have this treasure in earthen vessel. The treasure inside the clay is what the scripture is referring to. So what God does is make the vessel and then he goes inside the vessel. <laughs> It's, 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 that's why we need the Holy Ghost because you being mud is not good enough. You being shaped in a human form. God says that's good, but now it's going to be great when I go inside of you. In the beginning, Adam was made that way. God molded him and shaped him. Oh, help me today, Jesus. When God molded and shaped Adam, the Bible says he blew into Adam's nostril and Adam became a living soul. He blew the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. What does that mean? It was the breath of God that was placed in Adam that made him a living soul. When Adam sinned, He lost that. This is why the Holy Ghost is called the second breath. We messed up and 
rejected the breath of life that God breathed into us the first time. That breathe he breathed into us gave us life, but it gave us power as well. And when we sinned, all he left us with is just the life. No power. And so, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he said, I'm going to give you power again. He said, I'm going to give power to you. Because when I did it at the beginning, you forfeited that power. You let the devil come and stole from you what I gave you. So I got to come and, and get that restored back in order. And so the power that Adam had in the garden, he forfeited. And then God says, but I'm going to come on the day of Pentecost and I'm going to deposit my spirit back into you. This is why the Holy Ghost is important. Because he wanted us to have the Holy Ghost from the very beginning in the garden. And we forfeited it. But he said, never mind. I got it. I mean, I don't want to get off on, on this, but let, let, remember this. Oh, man, God. Remember this. When he blew the breath of life into Adam, that was for Adam to become a living soul and live eternally. Eternally. Then Adam sinned. And now he could not any longer live eternally. He had cut off his eternal life. The Holy Ghost, when we receive it, is what's going to give us eternal life. That's the word of the Lord. This is why having the Holy Ghost is very important. It's not something to take lightly. I don't want you to get so broken up if you don't have it, but I want you to pursue it. I want you to go after it and never, never become complacent or relaxed when you don't have the Holy Ghost because it is what God gave us from the beginning. We forfeited it and he still is giving it to us so we can have eternal life. You can't have eternal life with anything unless that thing is eternal. Only eternal things can give you eternal life. Now tell me what is eternal. That's it. Only God alone is eternal. So in order to live eternally, you need God in you. Anything else you have is temporal. The only thing that's eternal is the Almighty. So when he comes in you, you are now in the way to receive eternal life. Yielding to the potter. Allowing him to make us into what he designed. What he wants us to be is the ultimate of eternal joy. Rather than temporal happiness. Okay. No, let me go. I'm going to get you there. The Lord loves you too much. Listen to this. I love this statement. This is Brother Tinney's statement. So I stole this from Brother Tinney. He knows I stole it. It's okay. So I'm quoting him. Listen to what Brother Tinney says. Hmm. The Lord loves you too much to shield you from everything that is uncomfortable. I'll say it again. The Lord loves you too much to shield you from everything that's uncomfortable. Tinney said this. 
people like to say this. The Lord loves me like I am. And that's true. The Lord loves you like you are. He also loves you too much to leave you just that way. He loves you too much to stop all the uncomfortableness in your life. He wants, he's got to allow those things to happen because he loves you too much because he knows what those things do for you. So he will allow them. He will not stop them. And as you like to say, the Lord loves me the way that I am. And he does. But he will not leave you that way. He loves you too much to leave you just the way you are. He made us in his image. And because he made us in his image, he's always working with us to make us and to get us to that place of being in his image. What if clay could talk? And I'm close to closing. What if clay could talk? I know we can talk and we clay. Well, let's go back to the potter now. The real potter and the real clay. What if clay could talk? You know what clay would be saying? Do you have to slap me around like that? You got to slap me around like that? That's what clay would say if clay could talk. When you get slapped around, what do you got to say? You on the wheel. You are the clay. The potter is working on you. So when people treat you wrong or mistreat you, what are you worried about? You're on the wheel. They're going to slap you around and treat you bad. Uh, you know what you would say if you were clay? Why are your fingers pressing and stretching me like that? Why are you putting so much pressure on me? If Clay could talk, Clay would say, stop putting so much pressure. Stop stretching me and stop poking me with your fingers. Well, we Clay. And, 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 and we can either go and talk and complain or we can be like the natural Clay and just shut our mouth and just keep getting slapped around. And keep getting pressed and keep getting stretched and keep getting slapped. Because when you're being made into a great vessel, that's what happens. That's what happens. When you're on the wheel and God is making you into what he wants you to be, that's what happens. No sense of getting frustrated and getting mad and looking around and blaming everybody. Just be clear. Just be clear. Just let him do what he's going to do. Can't take this pressure. Well, that's what clay have to deal with. Clay have to deal with pressure. Because you can't be made into what you need to unless there's pressure. Being made into his image doesn't happen without pain. The power to become is in the clay. We, 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 we always thought that, oh, the potter had the power and I'm not telling you the Almighty is not the one with the power. What I'm telling you is, for you to become, he can't make you become. 
you got to decide you're going to become. He can be as powerful as he is. You still have to choose what you're going to become. Hmm. The power to become is in the clay. When the potter takes the clay off of the wheel, guess where he puts the clay? Hmm? Oh, somebody knows. The school teacher knows. When the potter is done with the vessel and it's made nice and perfect, it has to go in the fire. We didn't get to the fire yet and we complaining. The prodding, poking, and the slapping and we complaining. And we didn't even hit the fire yet. Most of us here today, we're still on the wheel. When the vessel is completed and it looks nice, it's got to get dried by going in the fire. When it goes in the fire, and it's all dried up, then it goes on the shelf. It's not until you go on the shelf that you're ready to be used. Use me, Lord, he says, I got to put you on the wheel first. Use me, Lord, I got to put you in the fire afterwards. I can't use you until you yield on the wheel. I can't use you until you go through the fire. Oh, God, help us today. We want to be used by God. And that's right. I want to be used by you. But I got to get slapped. I got to get poked. I got to get stretched. I got to feel pressure. And I got to go in the fire. Don't work the way we think it is. It don't work the way we think it needs to. It's the way God intended for it to be. He is the author of the vessel. He is the one that decides what kind of vessel you're going to be. But you have to yield to become that vessel. You have to yield for him to work on you. You have to yield for him to make you. You have to stay on the wheel. And then, and then, you become that vessel. You know what you are when you become that vessel. And let's just say he made you into a water pot. You can't go around saying I'm not carrying water no more. You can't go around and say I'm not doing that no more. Because you was created for that. If you didn't want to carry water... You should have just stayed off the wheel. If you didn't want to carry water, you shouldn't have went in the fire. You should have just fell apart. When you went in the fire, you should have just melted so you couldn't work. But if you stayed on the wheel long enough for him to make the vessel, 
if you stayed on the wheel long enough for him to put you in the fire, then when you become that beautiful vessel, you don't have a right no more to tell God, I'm not doing that. You don't have a right no more to say, God, I can't do that. I don't have a right anymore to say what I can or can't do. I went on the wheel. I went in the fire. And now I'm a vessel. God, do what you want with me. I don't have a right. I can't say what I want. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I've already been molded. I've already been baked inside of the fire. And now i got to do what I was created to do. Uh, Stand with me today. Oh, God, somebody. Oh, you need to decide what you're going to do. You need to decide if you're going to stay on the wheel. You need to decide if you're going to yield to the potter. You need to decide when you go on the fire. Will you stay right and don't get melted? you got to decide what you're going to do. Because once you decide you want God to have his way, then you don't have any more right. Now I understand why Paul says, I'm a boss servant. Now I understand why Paul says I don't have a right anymore. Now I understand what Paul says. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You see, Paul, when he got on the wheel, he yielded to God. He allowed God to do whatever he wanted. He went into the fire. And when he became the vessel God wanted him to be, he said, God, I have no more right. I have no more right. Somebody need to decide today. Somebody need to decide today. Will you stay on the wheel? Will you do oh what God wants you to do? Will you wait upon the Lord to fulfill all his will? To fulfill what he created you? Or what he's creating you to be. So often we pray, God, I want to do your will. Or God, I want to know what your will is for my life. And we don't realize God's already showing us the way. He's already pointing us. What we're really praying for, and sometimes we even go fasting. What we're really praying and fasting for is to try to change God's mind. Because you don't want to be the vessel that God intends for you to be. You want to be the vessel you think you should be. But I'm here to tell you today, uh, God has a design plan for you. Uh, He has already designed in his mind what you will be. And it's up to you whether you will get on the wheel and stay on the wheel. Whether you will allow him to put you in the fire and stay in the fire till it's time for you to be used. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody, you need to yield to the Lord today. You need to yield to the Lord God and say, God, I'm going to yield to you for the power is within me, God. The power is within me. The power is within me. The power is within me. 
Where if I don't yield, if I don't give myself to you, if I don't cooperate with you, I can never be the vessel you intended for me to be. I can never be used of you if I, if I, if I don't yield while I'm on the wheel. If I don't let you push me around. If I don't let some pressure come upon me. If I don't let, oh God, myself be stretched. Oh. Somebody worship the Lord and yield to him today. This is what Jesus meant when he says, Jesus said to God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Will you make that declaration today and really mean it? Will you make that declaration today and really stand behind it? We cannot make it if we don't yield and let him mold us. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. It's only when we yield. It's only when we surrender. It's only when we cooperate will we ever make it to that place of eternal life and being used by God. Somebody help me today. Somebody trust the Lord today. Yield to the Lord today. Cooperate with God today. Give yourself to God today. Say, God, I will not be moved. I will stay on the wheel. I will not get off the wheel, but I will stay on the wheel. Whatever you need to do and make me. Whatever you need to do to mold me. Whatever you need to do to shake me. I will not get off the wheel. I will stay on the wheel. I will obey you. I will cooperate with you. For I'm destined, I'm destined, God, to be that vessel that you want to use. I'm destined. I want to be that vessel that you want to use, oh God. Come on, take a few moments and talk to the Lord today. Take a few moments and begin to call on his name. Take a few moments and cry out to him and sincerely let him know you want to be used of him. You want to be the vessel that he created you, that he had intention of making you to be. You want to be that vessel. Come on, talk to the Lord. Let's take a few moments and talk to the Lord and yield to the Lord and yield to him and cooperate with him so he can do whatsoever he wants in your life. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Come on, this is the time to get closer to the Lord. This is a time to express yourself to Jesus and let him know you understand that God. I understand it now. I understand the process now. I know the process and I know the power is within me to become whatever you had intended for me to become. I understand it now, Lord. And because I understand it, Lord, I will stay on the wheel. I will let you do whatever you want to do now, Lord. I will remain in the fire for as long as I need to be so I can be baked. So I can be baked. So I can be what you want me to be, Lord God. And so you can use me. I yield, I yield, I yield. I surrender, I surrender. I will cooperate. Command me, Lord God. Command me, Lord God. Command me, Lord God. Do whatever you want with me. You are the potter in my life. I am the clay. 
You are the potter. I am the clay. God, all I want to be is what you intended for me to be. All I want to be is what you called me to be. All I want to be is what you created me to be. All I want to be, God, is what you had in your mind when you created me. That's all I want to be. Nothing more, nothing less. What you have in your mind, what you thought of me, is all I want to be, God, is all I want to be. Will you mold me? Will you shape me? Will you make me? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I am the clay. You are the potter. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody worship him. Somebody exalt him. Somebody magnify him. Somebody give him the honor and the praise that he deserves. Somebody cry out to him. Somebody. Oh, just surrender and say, God, do whatever you want to do to me. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus, work inside of me. I'm this earthen vessel and I want the treasure of the Holy Ghost inside of me. I want the treasure of the Holy Ghost living and dominating me. Oh, Holy Ghost, live in me and dominate me. Do what you want in me. For I am the earthen vessel, and you are that treasure. You are the treasure that dwells in me. I am the earthen vessel. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I want to please you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Talk to the Lord just for a few more minutes. He will make you over because he loves you. He loves you. He wants to make you into that perfect vessel. He wants to make you into that vessel that is perfect. Oh, yes, 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 yes. God, make us over. 